It's that time again for Cross the Line 1524. We've got a special episode with special guests all the way from Vancouver, Washington. Talking a little Oak Island and treasure hunting. There is an island off the coast of Nova Scotia could hold millions in buried treasure. Oak Island. We'd like to welcome everybody to Cross the Line 1524. I'm here with Dwayne Bischoff, Jeff Montag, and Ruben Hunt. And I'm Alan Stanger, and we have special guests on the line. It's Deidre and Dustin White from Vancouver, Washington. How you doing, guys? Hey, doing good. Thanks for having us. Yeah, doing oh, great. Thanks. Thanks for being on here. So, uh, those of you who have listened to our podcast, we did two of them on Oak Island, and uh, we actually met, mentioned uh, a podcast called "Could It Be?" Um, and uh, Deidre and Dustin actually uh, host that podcast as well as a Facebook page where they do Oak Island trivia, and they're also treasure hunters, and they were featured on. Um, Expedition Unknown with Josh Gates, which we'll talk about a little bit later. We're going to start with uh, Oak Island. So could it be, uh, a lot of people may wonder, well, how did you come up with that name? Well, if you watch The Curse of Oak Island, the narrator, at least three or four times a show will go, could it be treasure at the swamp? You know, so you hear that, could it be? So you guys picked the perfect name. It's a great spin. Yeah, thanks. That, that was kind of an interesting conversation when we knew we wanted to, you know, pull the trigger on doing an Oak Island podcast. And well, what do you name it, right? Yeah, Dustin goes, what do you name it? And just the first thing that fell out of my mouth was, could it be? Like, what else would you name it? Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty good. It's pretty good. And that it just awesome. ended up being the one. It stuck. <laughs> yeah, that is awesome. It's awesome. So what got you interested in Oak Island? Well, we, we love treasure, right? Treasure is kind of in our blood. Mm-hmm. It's like kind of part of what we do. And uh, like I've been a treasure hunter for a very long time. Deidre's newly, newly, new into the arena of treasure hunting, but she's an old pro now. But she's uh, she's newer. But when we uh, saw that there was a show about it, you know, it was just a fun thing to watch. Basically, that's where our uh, together, where we came together to. Um, do anything Oak Island just watching the show but I had been following the Oak Island mystery since I was a kid I remember reading a book in grade school about it you know so it's just something that's always my interest and I've always been um, wondering if they you know because before they had the show you don't even know what is going on on Oak Island really, you know uh, it's just opened up the hunt to the masses you know uh, um, uh, upwards of like 10 million people or so watch each episode around the world and so it's just such a big fun thing and so many people enjoy it we you know what brought us to making a podcast about it is we're like well why isn't there a podcast about it right you know and we were kind of like the first people to do a regular uh, recap podcast about the show yeah you, you guys definitely have you know you, you go look at podcasts <clears throat> on oak island you have the longest tenured podcast, obviously. There's a couple other ones out there, but none of them are tenured like yours are. Um, and you have a large following, so it's 
That's a that's great. So one day we hope to have as many people following us as you guys do. <laughs> you know, it's you kind know, of keep plugging at it, right? Exactly. You know, it was kind of a surprise. We knew yeah. we wanted to get into podcasting and uh, looking for a hobby together, and we had no idea what we were doing. Yeah, and the first few episodes Ooh. were really rough. Don't 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 listen to those. Uh, but we just. <laughs> We, when we were looking for podcasts about the Curse of Oak Island, because we both have TV shows that we watch regularly, and we like listening to those recap podcasts that go with. Yeah, my, my yeah. favorite personally is, like, I love the TV show Survivor. It's been a favorite of mine since it started, right? And I, I, I fell off the bandwagon for a couple of years, but I came back and there was all these podcasts about the TV show Survivor. There's probably like a hundred of them. Mm-hmm. And uh, I found, you know, some of the more popular ones and I listened to them. I probably listened to, uh, during the Survivor season, probably like seven or eight hours of podcasts about that one hour episode of Survivor every week. You know, I just, I love it. And um, Deidre is the one that actually got me into listening to podcasts because she was uh, on that bandwagon before me. Mm-hmm. And... We, we just discovered, we're like, well, we love Oak Island. Let's listen to an Oak Island podcast, and there was none. <laughs> so. so let's build a gap. Yeah. And here we are. That's great. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Um, we're just getting started with our podcast, and we're finding our own challenges. What are some of the challenges you face with your podcast? Well, in podcasting, as much as they've been around for a long time, there's also the education portion of, you know, getting it out to potentially your audience and teaching them podcasts are free, right? And what they are, what you're offering, uh, why they should come and listen to you, which is why we had made our Facebook page was a way to interact and connect with fellow Oak Island enthusiasts. And then they start to learn, oh, there's a podcast. What's a podcast? And then you explain it and just trying to get people to subscribe and understand really what it is, that I think has been one of the biggest challenges. I think that's the biggest hurdle. You know, like I said, like 10 million people across the globe uh, watch Oak Island every week when it's on, you know, when it's whenever it broadcasts in those areas. And, you know, 10 million people, right? So if we... Uh, if we got like 1% of that, man, we'd be so stoked. You know? <laughs> yeah, right. uh, yeah. We'd have 100,000 listeners, right? But literally less than 1% of all of those listeners around the globe even know that we exist. Right, That's right. one challenge. The other challenge is when you do get in front of people, people are like, I don't, want, I don't know what this is. I don't want to pay for this. Because like, the majority of, I think, the population that watches the show are a little bit on the older side. You know, people... Uh, that haven't listened to podcasts. That haven't, haven't been podcast listeners. And so they're like, I don't know what this is. I'm not going to click on that link. You know, so we have a lot of that going on. But, you know, we tried, yeah, I, I tried making posts like, hey, podcasts are completely free. You know, you don't, all you have to do is click on this and you listen to it. And it's just for entertainment. It's not, right. you know, we're not trying to sell you a thing. Yeah. <laughs> so our, our goal's always been to make a positive, fun community around yeah. it. And that's, always been our goal up front and we try to stay very true to that and i think we have which is why we've got so many loyal fans that have become friends with each other online and with us and keep showing up and the challenge of getting someone to subscribe to the feed one of our ways around that was we switched formats this year 
we went to a live show and we did it through a video platform Mm -hmm. and have seen a big difference because people understand that right away. And then they kind of transition over to what a podcast feed is. That was a really long-winded answer. No, no, that's fine. And especially, you know, what, you know, with us, you know, starting back, you know, a few months back, what I found out quickly is, you know, right away we were, we were promoting through Facebook, but your your most of your Facebook listeners or people on Facebook don't listen to podcasts. No, well. they don't. That's so right. you, you have to reach out to different avenues. Once they listen to the podcast, then they're all good, but you, you got to hook them to start with. So... Mm-hmm. You guys got a good hook. You got Oak Island, so you got the hook, and uh, and it's it's fun to listen to. It's fun to listen to. Thank you. Yeah, we really appreciate. Yeah, that. we try to have fun with it. So we've we've all ha- we all have our theories on uh, Oak Island, and so it's kind of kind of curious as to what your personal theories are on Oak Island, and if if you guys feel like the treasure yeah. is still there. My my theory is Templar, baby. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're in good company. <laughs> yeah, yep. yeah. That's, that's what I hope. Anyway, you know, it, it's really far fetched. Is if you're looking at history, like there's no way that somebody brought like you know the Ark of the Covenant, you know, and all this priceless religious artifacts from the old world to the new world before the new world was even officially discovered, you know, by Europeans. Uh, it's really far fetched, but I'm hoping. Like I'm crossing my fingers. That's what I hope they find someday. That's uh, yeah. That, that's the premise of our uh, newest line of uh, trading cards. We make, right. we make these Oak Island trading cards, and um, we have uh, the Oak Island superheroes. And they it's they became superheroes once they found the Ark of the Covenant. They opened the lid, and it gave them superpowers instead of killing them like uh, Indiana Jones. Indiana Jones, yeah, <laughs> exactly. He didn't melt any eyes didn't or anything. anything. Cool. No, oh. no Captain, fun out of it. Captain Metal Detector. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, so it's, you know, everybody out there has their own theories. Uh, I think a lot of us believe Templar. Um, do you think the treasure, I think the biggest question is, do you think the treasure's still there or has it already been found maybe numerous times? Well, we kind of, we go back and forth on this. Dustin and I agree on very little um, <laughs> in general. Uh, so This this coming I, from a couple who just had an anniversary, I believe. Is that? Yes, yeah. back in, back in. Last in, month. Well, in July, like yeah. actually a month ago today. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, no, so we, we debate. I, I'm i not 100% that it's simpler. Do I want it to be? Yeah. Um, that would be awesome. But I also think there might be multiple stories going on here. But we're kind of self proclaimed like he's he's a Rick, I'm a Marty. So uh, in a practical sense, maybe it's well, still there or part of it. Or if you look at the last episode of the season timeline, mm-hmm. yes. it showed all of these potential things happening on the island since 1200 AD. Right. Mm-hmm. right. So but before there was um, any recorded evidence that anything even happening there. Right. They right. found yeah. things, so that's what's interesting. It is interesting. It's it's kind of crazy. Like, why are they finding stuff that could date back that that far? One of the uh, big uh, things they focused on this season of the Curse of Oak Island was that paved stone area. Yeah, and that was not even on anybody's radar before this. I think D 
These are never these are never watching the season one episode one um, of the Accursed of Oak Island and Tony Sampson. No, it wasn't Tony. Sampson. It was Tony. Was it Tony? Tony had found something in the swamp and they kind of like noted it, but then they moved on with their lives and now they're back in that same spot where Tony had made this discovery years ago. He rediscovers it this year mm-hmm. and they just dive in full force and they find these tree branches that are pinned be- between these placed boulders, boulders mm-hmm. yeah. and they can they can do a, a carbon dating to figure out how old the, or what, what year these trees were placed in between like these boulders. 1622 like, uh, or, or something like that. Or the, the twig, like yeah. a, tr- a twig had fallen between the boulders, and it didn't happen uh, without the hand of man. Yeah, that so wasn't naturally. Crazy. That's not the natural right. progression of how yeah. it would have been built. So. Yeah, that's so crazy. Whether so, or not the treasure is still there, we're, we, we're writing history, and we get to follow along on that adventure, and I, I think that's... The big treasure. Yeah, <laughs> and we, I think we would agree with we that. Agree we with we that. kind of feel the same way. Uh, if the treasure isn't still there, there's still a fantastic story there. Mm-hmm. There's no doubt yeah. about that. So, so go I, ahead, Jeff. Per- personally, I, I'm still like super convinced the treasure is still waiting there to be found. But maybe Samuel Ball found it. That guy. Um, <laughs> well, we're gonna, a mystery. Yeah, so we're gonna like an enigma. So we're gonna talk a little bit more about Samuel Ball because that was one of oh, my questions. Yeah. Yes. So okay. well, since we brought it up, so have you ever looked at Samuel Ball's will? It, it's, it's yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So his will. Let me pull it up here. It's a, I love that you have his will hand. You know, yeah. you well, don't want to know all the things he has. Yeah. <laughs> I looked at it, it was probably like two years ago, but it's been a while. Yeah, so, so, so what's in his will? His will, um, he, it says, it was his, he did his will in 1841. It was probated in 1846. Uh, now, here's where it gets interesting. Witnessed by John Barkhouse Sr. <laughs> so... You know, it makes you wonder. And then if you go down through the will a little bit farther, uh, it, first of all, he gives his wife the furniture, the wearing apparel. And then as his wife passes on, he gives land to different people. The Guinnesses. Yeah. Well, no, he gives it to his grandson, Simeon. Oh, Simeon. Yeah. So if you read it, it says, to my grandson, Simeon, half of the 100 acres, but a lot between John Barkhouse and Daniel McGinnis. So, it just makes you believe that Mr. Ball, there's more to the Mr. Ball story. Uh, for him to, to end up with being able to, I mean, cabbage farming, it it's sounds like a great hobby, but I don't think you'd end up with a, as much money as the man ended up with. Uh, right, and that was one of my questions I brought up on my list of questions or can just comments was he is rumored to have used uh, Spanish gold and silver on shore at the merchants right and uh and he he owned quite a bit of land and he had cabbage obviously his came i can't foresee a cabbage farmer being that profitable but you know i didn't live back then but so he also had cattle and things on the island so i i i I keep digging in farther and farther because the barkhouse connection you know we we had a chance to meet charles barkhouse when we were on the island um and it just you know this Barkhouse is a common name in Nova Scotia, but it just seems a little coincidental that there's a Barkhouse who, you know, was you know, witness Samuel Ball's will, and then Charles is there. It just, 
I could be wrong. They may not even be related, but it just, <laughs> it's just one of those things that make you scratch your head and go, hmm. Well, we kind of have a theory about Mr. Uh, Charles Barkhouse. So um, <laughs> one of our, one of, it's just really a joke. But anyway, Charles is, um, we think he's the keeper of the secret. Like he is there protecting the treasure. And he is there to make sure that they get close, but they don't recover because, you know, they don't, uh, how would you describe it? Well, I have to tell you, well, we were there last year. I was, we were standing on the dam with uh, Charles Barkhouse and, yeah. and I questioned him about that. And I actually have a video. <laughs> I have a video with his answer to that. And, uh, I also questioned his Templar ring, which he wears. Um, uh-huh. and that, it was a very good, uh, he was very adamant that he wasn't, and he is <laughs> actually, obviously right, uh, but he mentioned that his goal was to find it so he could secure it even better, because nowadays it would be even more secure than it would be in those times. Uh-huh. And, but sure. there's some truth to that, but... Uh, I did question him that, and I have that on video. I could share that with you if you like. Yeah, so, you know, the the theory was that Charles was protecting it by land and Tony Sampson by water. By sea, right? By sea, yes. That makes sense. I like it. Yeah, it sounds good to me, you know. And you you had Tony Sampson on uh, your show. So um, I believe he had, and I'm going to cross some boundaries I shouldn't cross. Um, I believe... In the background, he had a Freemasonry hat that you could see. Is that correct? correct. And his his explanation to you was that Charles had given it to him. His so, good friend Charles. So I'm here to tell. I gotta be careful here. <laughs> uh, a Freemason wouldn't do that. Um, they you have you would have to be part of Freemasonry to to, to acquire a Freemasonry hat. Um, oh yeah. So. You know, I, I think that was Tony's way to, to get out of it. But right. um, are you sure you didn't say brother Charles? Yeah, yeah that's, that's yeah. He may have. So um, it's more to the mystery. I think there's more to the mystery there. You know, um, I love it. Yeah, it's fun. It's definitely fun. So, so we've talked a little bit about uh, Tony Sampson, and, and you guys have had him on your podcast along with you know other pretty high He's profile nice guys. You oh know. yeah. Matty, Matty Blake and Laird Niven and uh, amongst others. So, um, you know, of those guys, of, of those people that you've had uh, on your podcast, uh, who have you enjoyed the most and who you feel like you got the, the most information from? Oh, man. We can't say who we enjoyed the most. <laughs> Not to put I you mean, on the spot. <laughs> they're all our favorites. Like, no, that's easy. It was Steve Guptill. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, see, I, and I actually had re-listened to him podcast with you, and, and uh, it's funny because Deidre had said, you left Steve off the list, and I'm like, well, that's funny you say that. I just re-listened to that podcast. Yeah, that's so, funny. I was like, it was a really popular no, no, one. I'm just, I'm just, I just say that because he was, like, the most listened to. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah, the, it was the highest... Uh, yeah, listen. Uh, <laughs> yes, I had the most downloads that one than any other yeah. podcast we ever did. So yeah. I, I don't know what that means. I just I appreciate Steve for coming on. To me, Steve is very popular. Yeah, yeah. yeah so he was good. Um, Laird was awesome, man. Yeah. So talking to Laird Nevin for you know a good solid hour about just he wasn't holding nothing back. You know, he 
he uh, was like he shies away from he does not want to be called a treasure hunter right. <laughs> which yeah. is kind of funny right. Yeah. yeah, but um, you know, he he's there for the ride too, though. He I, he loves being around those guys. You can oh, tell yeah. they're all like a big brotherhood. Yeah, that's exactly that's, that's what they are. So yeah, uh, yeah, it, it's great. They all talk about each other. They all have wonderful stories to share about each other. Um, it it was just it was nice. It was refreshing. Okay. It was fun. It the interviews for us and for our listeners really kind of. I guess almost humanize these people that are watched by millions right and it was a great way to get some kind of not even behind the scenes but additional insight to what it's like out there on the island yeah a little bit personal stuff too yeah like hey who is this guy Mm -hmm. so so speaking of guests if i could do you have any other guests lined up um in the near future or distant future well, well, I mean, we can't tell all of our secrets. <laughs> we, we do. Just yeah. initials. Okay. No, that's fine. <laughs> it, we well. do. Uh, I just don't like sharing who we have lined up until it's like... No, that's fine. No, that's fine. We just, need, we just want to know if you had anybody scheduled. Yeah. yeah so. Oh, yes. Okay. Yes, yes, yes. It's a constant uh, wheel. Turn. Yeah, so these guys, we've talked to them quite a bit online and, you know, like... Not like on, but like talking to them over the phone. And then we've also talked to them, you know, through digital means. But they, I don't know, they really seem to support what we're doing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they really enjoy like the training cards and whatnot mm-hmm. that we make. And they enjoy just the effort we put into the community. So it's cool to see them uh, acknowledge that. And they, they show up in our trivia sometimes, you yeah. know, like, like not. They're not just in the questions, they're also in the audience sometimes. Yeah. Well, that's cool. That's cool. Yeah. You know, I, well, I think, you know, what I realized when we were on the island last year is uh, we were talking about Charles Barkhouse, but he is a very personable person. So, yeah. a little bit about our story going there. So, we all decided we wanted to go to Oak Island. So, we get online and get our airfare. Then we get online to get our tickets. You know what was wrong with that? You know what was wrong yeah, with that scenario? <laughs> yeah. So there were no tickets. So we're like, well, that's all right. We'll, we'll be, we'll just go anyway. We'll just go visit the interpretive center. So we did that. Uh, two of us got there uh, earlier. So we drove over and, and, you know, went to the interpretive center. And it was July 4th weekend. So, you know, wow. mo- almost everybody was gone. And here, oh. walks, here walks in Charles Barkhouse. So some people are going over, getting their pictures taken. Uh, and so we go over and, you know, say, hey, we came from Indiana and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And he goes, oh, you going on the tour? I'm like, well, we don't have tickets. You know, we, we, we were backwards getting our things lined up. And he goes, well, you know, he says, there's a good chance there might be some no-shows. And just, just call the number here, you know, a couple hours beforehand and uh, – see if there's any openings no so, i'm gonna i'm gonna jump in here yeah just he initially said just just come here about a half hour before the tour and there might be some cancellations and we were like cool so we had a little conversation with him we walked away and uh he was conversing with a couple other people and then he comes back over with a piece of paper with a phone number on it and he says hey he said uh, he said you know save you guys a trip maybe he said call this number and uh, before you guys head this way and see if there's any cancellations. 
And Alan grabbed that piece of paper. I think, I think, I think because it's got Charles Barkhouse DNA on it. I think he's put it in a special place. Uh, he got so, paper burn. Paper so, burn. It went out of his fingers yeah, so fast yeah. when Alan grabbed it. Yeah. So I'll let I'll let Alan, I'll let Alan tell the rest of the story. So you know, we didn't wait to call. We we just we we headed over to the island. Uh, I think it was two days later they were doing the tour. Uh, it was on the weekend and get get to the causeway and we say is there any cancellations and like lady radio is over and comes back yeah there's cancellations so wow. you know we were walk-ons how about that so that's yeah. amazing and, that's luck yeah it, it it was fate i think <laughs> uh, and he was you know he recognized us there while we were doing the tour and it was just very it was very personable very personal um so you know, quite honestly, he makes that tour. You know, he he is. I I don't know that you could have anybody better doing that tour, mm-hmm. because they would give away the location, the treasure that he you know he knows where it's at. <laughs> <laughs> he lives and breathes that stuff, doesn't he? Yeah, yes, he does. Well, his whole life has really been that. You know, it's. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, and he takes that tour seriously. And you know, he kept me captivated the whole time. I mean, yeah. the whole time it's completely drawn to everything he had to say. I thought he did a great job. So. I wish we could have gone this year. Yeah, we have, we yeah. have tour uh, we have tickets for May, and you know, uh, the virus uh, takes over the planet, and we're sitting there. Well, you know, maybe we'll be taken care of by uh, April. Yeah. We'll hold the things back up in May. You know, like it's August now. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, so we, we had tickets for the end of July. And so we're like, you know, finally we're like, well, they canceled the tour. You know, we thought they're going to cancel the July tours too, July and August. Yeah. But we're going to go anyway. You know, we got our airfare. We're going to go anyway. And I actually contacted Tony Sampson and said, hey, you know, we're thinking about coming anyway. Are you guys going to be doing the Salty Dog tours? And he's like, yeah, we're doing a limited number now. And it'll be, you know, scheduled far enough ahead and we can do the tour. And we're like, that's perfect. We wanted to do that anyway. Just mm-hmm. Since we had seen the island tour, we wanted to, you know, see it by what he was hiding by sea. Um, right. So, you know, we were all good <laughs> to go. Then the border, first first thing to happen is Air Canada canceled all our flights. Yeah. And then they extended the closure of the border. So, you know, even if we had flights, we weren't going to get there. So we didn't make it either. So, but we did yeah. learn our lesson this year. We got our tickets for the tour first. <laughs> something. Hey, see, you're... Yeah, progress. Well, progress. Progress. Hey, I'm, I'm the new, I'm the new listener, and uh, well, I mean, we, me and my wife have both kind of off and on watched it, but not serious. And after Alan and him invited us to go, we kind of got more serious, and we went back and watched a little bit, trying to, trying to, to get ourselves kind of up to speed. But if being the new person, do you, you know, or how do you explain it to the new person? So do you go binge watch it from the beginning, or is there a can you just jump in and figure it out as we go? So, you know, we had a friend that, you know, she learned that we were doing a podcast, but she's like, what is it? What, what's, what's Oak Island? And then we told her what it was. She watched, she went back and watched the first season, uh, the first episode and the first, second episode back to back, I think. And then she's like, oh, yeah, I already binged the whole thing last week. I'm like, whoa. <laughs> wow. It was impressive. Wow. That is impressive. That's impressive, yeah. I won't like, be able to do that. But. <laughs> like, for real? Like, you binge the, like... I don't know. This was before season seven started. So season six alone had like, I don't know, like 25 episodes mm-hmm. or somewhere in that ballpark. And, uh, but the 
the earlier seasons only had like five, six, yeah, seven right. episodes, so they were much shorter seasons. But I mean, I was impressed that she went back and just you know pounded through all of that all at once. Yeah. Well, someone brand new right now, I'd say go ahead and jump in at you know this most recent aired season, but like that first episode and and through right, so you can be caught up and talk to your friends about what's going on right now. Then you have to go back and start from the beginning, mm-hmm. or you could maybe start season um, six, episode one, because that's yeah. the one where I think that episode is like um, a recap of the previous episode. Yeah, yeah, it's a recap of the entire season, but it's also like it's a much bigger season. Like because I think the season before only had like fifteen episodes or something, or maybe it was twenty. It's like, a big turning point. Yeah, it was a big turning point. A lot more information gets starts happening, man. You know, we just learned to love everything about the show more and more uh, from that point. I think. You know, before that too, a lot of the stuff before that's really great. And you know, I would recommend going back. But if you did go back to season six, episode one, you can then start listening to our podcast along with it. Yeah, oh, if you wait are. like a couple, and as we said, our first episodes <clears throat> from season six were pretty rough. <laughs> uh, hey, we've been there, so yeah. we, we understand that. You know what we found, uh, Jeff and I. Uh, and I think Ruben too. So we do our podcasts on record them on Friday nights. So we always have. We just started. We put Oak. We pull up Netflix and have Oak Island up on the big screen TV. We don't have it turned up loud, but we started from season one. And what we've realized is there was some good stuff in the first seasons that we kind of forgot about. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So. Uh, you know, it's it's been kind of fun to go back through those a little bit, and and it's and it's you know in the first couple seasons, you know they were doing all the work themselves. It wasn't you know uh, Billy Gerhart wasn't there with an excavator, and you know they were doing it all. They they get some equipment from Caterpillar and you know, have a backhoe you know, and a track hoe, and they were doing it themselves. It's funny on that too. Uh, you know, we all went, we went last year for the trip. I had been li- I've been watching this since the beginning, and my my wife was not at all it's like what i don't know how you can watch this stuff and then <laughs> and then uh, we all agreed that we're going to go to nova scotia we're going to do this and she is went back and now she is w- totally indulged in it and uh <laughs> she she has a lot of questions and stuff you know and she got to meet uh, uh a couple of guys there last week uh, blankenship dave blankenship actually come out to the uh driveway and and talk to him and stuff and and uh, gave her a hug and stuff, and he was a very nice <laughs> to talk to. And but now she's she's totally bought in. I'm she's recording them now because we watch them. I work out of town, so when I come home, I watch them on Sunday mornings to stay uh-huh. caught up with them. I'm a Caesar. I'm a Caesar or a week or two behind right now. But um, I think that from the beginning, from the and I think in the first four episodes or the first four seasons, I'm sorry, there is so much there uh-huh. that that I was in really really bought into and learning because and I can't call her name the older lady that died a few years back Zena uh, Zena is yeah. amazing and she had a ton of information and it's a shame that uh, uh, we are without her today or that team is without her today because she is uh, she, I thought she was a huge value amongst other people too mm-hmm. well stay yeah in. man I remember when she um, uh, showed up with that map yeah. You know, a couple seasons ago, yes. it's yeah. just like it's just so mind blowing. Like uh, I don't remember what year it was. It was like from the 1300s or was it 1400s? Yes. Had the Rochefoucauld right. on it, you know, and it's just like, oh my gosh! Like, is this a legit thing? Right. <laughs> you know? She was right. the one that actually told him that's not a cross, right? And and yeah. it was such a big, 
And I remember sitting there watching that show the night that she said that, and I was like, I turned around to my wife at the pause and said, I told you, and she, my wife's like, I don't even know what you're talking about. What do you mean? It's like, I told you it wasn't a cross, you know, uh, but I, I, it's a shame that she's not around today because I think that she would be very beneficial and still yeah. educational to everybody. I know. Now they have the Oak Island Research Center. Oh, you know, yeah. she could have just, you yes. know, tucked in. You know, put yeah. up a put a little cot up in there for her. She could tuck <laughs> in every yes, night. You exactly. Know? <laughs> exactly. Well, staying on the new listener theme, how do you? How would you go convince someone to watch the show? How do you get them to get to watch that first show? To hook them. How do you hook them? Treasure. I was going to say, <laughs> that's like a human thing. Who Barely. doesn't want to go on an adventure and a treasure hunt? Hello? Yeah, I think the other thing is, is you, if oh, you ahead. have people that are history buffs and that, you know, that, that are into history and enjoy the history, because for me, that's... That's that's as much of it as if they Agreed. ever find Trevor treasure is yeah. the just the history that is being uncovered is just yeah, fantastic. For sure. But the hook is the gold shiny things. I mean yeah, exactly. really, yeah. that is the hook. The top pocket that's how Marty's hook, right? Big brothers tell them about gold shiny things and then you just transition them over to the history. You yeah. know? The hook is could it be Barry Trevor and Smith Cove? I think it could be. You know, my wife's famous words to me before she started watching was, it's either going to be the most amazing treasure of all time or the biggest scam on earth. And right? I, I said, well, if it's the biggest scam, they sure got a lot of followers. So Yeah, I, I think we, yeah, we all think, you know, even if they don't find treasure, the treasure is in the history that's being found. Oh, so yeah, there's a lot. Um, yeah, so before Deidre and I watched Kurt's Wilk Island together, and we actually watched a lot of documentaries about just Egypt, yes, um, yes. Amazon, uh, just like literally any kind of documentary we could get our hands on that's history-based, we would just watch it because mm-hmm. we enjoyed that. And having a little touch of that kind of stuff in the Oak Island journey, plus the cast of characters, yeah. plus, um, you know, what their you know their goal and camaraderie just all of it pulled together is just a fun uh it's just a fun what it's a fun i don't know it's a fun journey to follow there's not a lot out there like this where you can sit down and watch it with your family and this back and forth and true teamwork happenings examples of really building a team of people with all such unique talents that complement each other. True that. You don't have a bunch of people butting heads because they're all from different specialties. You just don't see that. And to me, that's really refreshing. And so why not? Yeah, so a little bit later on, I think we're going to talk about Josh Gates and Expedition Unknown. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. We've never missed an episode. We love that show. We've always been fans of that show. And you get to see him go out and look for something, and then it's one and done. It's like, you watch the episode, he doesn't find it, or maybe, you know, I guess. Or he does. Or he does sometimes. And, you know, it uh, it's over, and then you move on with your life, and that's it. You know, you don't come back to it, usually. And I want and more so, answers. I want more yeah. answers, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It always yeah. leaves yeah. you wanting more. 
And that's, yeah, but the Curse of Oak Island, man, like we got to just keep digging in over and over and over. We pick right where we left off last week. It's just it's beautiful. Love We're it. digging deeper, if you will. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Digging deeper. Well, that was one of the pluses, though, with Oak Island is the story is so big and they're self-contained that's right. the, i guess the other big benefit too they're self-contained on that island whereas uh-huh. um when you're looking for the other treasures they're kind of you're in cities or you know wherever you are so it's a little harder to i guess set yeah. up shop for a year and start digging to look for something big so it is a that is a big plus for oak island that they have over every other kind of treasure treasure show uh-huh. so what do you think about the big dig thought you know can't wait. Do, do it. it. Yeah. Do it. So yeah. I, I'm so I'm in the construction field. So I, I don't I don't know that they talked about it a whole lot in the show. I think that a little bit. But the big dig would what they would freeze the ground. Right. Uh, and they do that's that, one of the options. Yeah. Yes. So they do that for for large scale construction projects, mm-hmm. high rises in the city. Um, so you can do the foundation work without uh, soils undermining. So you know it's it's a uh, it's a pretty they're going to have to do something because you know what we've found out last year is what's down there is moving you're never going to hit it because where you where you thought it was this year is not where it's going to be next year that's right um i i truly think that's the only way that they're going to be able to get down there and they dig the big hole in the island sinks yeah so no (laughs) (laughs) that whole like channel that's moving stuff around it really blew my mind because i never really considered it like that right if you're just like someone that's not in construction somebody that's not um regularly digging 200 feet deep holes you know like for just someone watching the show that maybe has done a few like three or four feet deep holes you think well like how can there be a channel moving stuff around down there i mean i guess there could be a lot of mud but i mean it's really like pushing stuff around back and forth and then like i think in season six they were alluding to some of that but they weren't outright saying it and so i didn't really you know really grasp on but man what they're putting across to the um to the viewers now of things like you know moving so much you know so that tuning that coin Oh, moves right, 10 right. feet horizontally and what, uh, like 8 feet vertically mm-hmm. or, right. uh, yeah horizontally. Yep. and so it's like oh my gosh how, how much can that thing move and cause uh, they had like um, an animation of them putting a case on down last season and pushing it out of the way mm-hmm. you know and I'm thinking to myself okay I was born last, uh, I was born at night but not last night right like mm-hmm. I was like what are you guys doing like I don't, I don't buy that but now I do. Yeah, because, yeah. you know, science. And <laughs> we just, the solution channel is just, wow. I mean, we have an underground, we have a target underground, very deep, that's a moving target. Right. And I, I think this big dig is the only way to do it. Mm-hmm. And going off of what we were talking about with the solution channel, they've known about the solution channel for a long time. But I think in this last year, it's really only been at least for me shown in such a way that I am like oh I get it I I see the movement because I went back and started watching from the beginning it was like season three they're talking about a channel or a solution channel or and I was like wait a second no no you have not been telling me about this since season three <laughs> so yeah, the big dig. I think this is the only, just the only way to do it. Right. I I, I believe so too. You know, coming from the, 
if they use the freezing method, what that allows them to do is, you know, excavate in layers without worrying about sides collapsing, and then you, you'll be able to see it come up in layers instead mm-hmm. of, you know, it's wet down there, obviously. It'd be a gobbledygook of stuff that would come out if you would not do that. Right. So it just seems like a viable way to do it. Very expensive. Very expensive. Um, yeah, I think I think Craig Tester's really into that method. Yeah. I mean, yeah. He's, he's a driving force behind getting uh, the freeze method. Right. Um, yeah, you know, uh, this is a little bit, uh, uh, this is on the same topic, but this is something I brought up to Deidre, and I don't think she thinks it's feasible. It might not be feasible at all, but what if they, once they got down there, and they either found it or they didn't find it, let's say they get down to their 200-foot deep you know, depth, right, or 250 or whatever it is, and it's a 100-foot wide hole. Let's, like, fill that in and put, put an, an elevator in there. I was going to say, I heard you in. say this. No, 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 yeah. Like, I, I mean, like, put a put a, some kind of barrier, permanent barrier, so that you can put an elevator in there. And so, like, I'm, it's a tourist attraction now. I'm right. going down to the bottom of the money pit. You know, right. I put, I, I oh, yeah. buy my tickets. Like, I don't care if it's $50 a piece. I'm buying my ticket to go down to the bottom of the money pit, getting out, looking up, saying, whoa, this is a giant hole. This is crazy. This is where the treasure could have been. Okay, then let's get back up in the, uh, you know, go back up top. Right. It'll be, it'll be yeah. sold out for three years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right? These are just like looking at me like, oh my gosh. Yeah. So what you could do is you could do a concrete shaft going down right. with uh, glass. As you go down layers, just like they use in aquariums, so a thick glass so it doesn't, right. the pressure doesn't break it. Uh, and you could go layer so cool. by layer by layer. You know, and hopefully when you get down to the bottom, you know, you've, you've got a treasure chest right, there, right. you know, yeah, or, right. or an open you know, cavern, you know. It, it'd be really cool if you were in like a glass elevator going down and then you could see through the glass walls and like st- where they had cut through some of the different shafts. Right. You, know, you can yeah. like, oh right. my gosh, that'd be so cool. Yes. I think we're with you. I think <laughs> I know Dieter's not with you, but I think we're all with you. <laughs> I think she would do, but she just doesn't think it's going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, what's your what's your thoughts about the correlation, but if any, between the money pit and the swamp? Because I have a theory, whether it's right or wrong. Uh, I think I think you hit it with if there is any. Yeah, well, I think Deidre is into the whole, like, back door to the money pit. I'm into a lot of things. She, she is, but um, I, don't, I don't know. It, it could be the whole different uh, eras, different stories kind of deal. Because, yeah. you know, we see so much uh, evidence of people uh, do, manipulating <coughs> stones to make that big stone area out in the swamp back in, what was it, 1200s? That's just, that's bonkers. That yeah. is so long ago, early yeah. 1300s, 1200s, whatever. That, that shouldn't be happening. And... Um, does it have a uh, does it relate to something in the money pit? I mean, maybe, maybe it is a backdoor. Maybe, maybe so, that's just two treasure deposits. Right. Don't so, know. Maybe the money pit was created because they heard of the legend of whatever it was that happened in the swamp. You know, hmm. like maybe this, this is a sacred place among Templars or whatever. So, this island's been part so, of that since we uh, we've been on the island so there's an elevation so when you're at the money pit you're at one elevation and you walk up a grade or when you're at the swamp you're at one elevation and you go up a grade to the money pit elevation my theory is totally opposite of what most people are my theory is the swamp was the entrance 
and the hole coming out of the money pit was the exit, the air shaft yeah. exit. And I didn't think about that until you mentioned that a few weeks back to me. Because if, if you tunneled straight from the swamp, I believe your elevation is just not going to be quite as, you know, you're not going to be deep enough, but you're going to be down 50 or 60 feet easily just going straight. And that's at the elevation the swamp's at now. Mm-hmm. You know, right. it, it wasn't that high before. So, and the money pit, that whole money pit was built coming out, not going down. You know, there was a layer of wood, more soils, layer of wood, more soils. That was built coming up. Okay, whether, you know, originally was a hole going down, coming up, they did that. But it it was built, the final product was built coming out of the ground, not going down. Um, And it just, you know, if the the swamp, I I think everybody would say now the swamp's definitely a man-made product. Um, And so to me, if ships came in that channel, that was a channel at the time, Mm -hmm. and there was a tunnel from that channel, you know, to, you know, a cavern they dug underneath the ground. And the basin wall was in the swamp for a reason. Yeah, you know, there's... That stone path is there for a reason, so... Oh, yeah. 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 So... And, you know, I would say Tony Sampson agrees with your theory. Yeah, I was... I was... I gave him the two thumbs up on on that, because that's... (laughs) I, I just... It just... You know, if you if you buy into the fact that the swamp's man-made, and yeah. so the elevation there changes completely. It's down even lower than what it is now. You come uh-huh. off a ship, you know, they dig a tunnel, they end up a money pit. They're not quite, you know, they're not 250 feet deep, but they're they got a good start at it. So, and and yeah. you know, you're not trucking the stuff up the hill. You're trucking it through the tunnel. Just yeah. a thought. So, and none of us know what that land looked like back then you know it could have been so heavily vegetated with the swamp probably wasn't a swamp it was well it wasn't inlet, it, it, it wasn't it was, right. it, was, it, was, it, was it wasn't an inlet it was, it was too too there was a path path through there yeah. well maybe your elevation of you think is 50 or 100 feet might have been 200 feet who knows yeah. what right. well the other problem is there was so much excavation done in yeah. previous finds yeah. that yeah. you know that's part of the reason they were having trouble finding the right depth because right. soil's been added soil's been cut and it's just a kind of the uh, hodgepodge there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's one of the reasons like you see Larry Nevin like take such, he like focuses on these other areas like Samuel Ball Foundation. Uh, even on Smith's Cove, he's like more hands-on. At the money pit, he's just like meh because it's so disrupted that, right. you know, it doesn't matter what they pull up because it's already been disrupted by the person last generation. You yep. know? Right. right. Yeah, I like your idea, though. I think it's really great. I think it's uh, very likely. I mean, I wouldn't... uh, So, like, for treasure, people that are burying treasures, they have the easy job. They go and pick a spot, dig a hole, either down or sideways or whatever they want to do. They uh, deposit it, fill it back up, or put up their booby traps, or do whatever they're going to do. And then they get out of Dodge, right? Right. So so they they have the easy job. Exactly. So... As much as we w- would love to talk another couple hours about Oak Island, uh, that's a perfect. We love Oak Island. I, I do too. We we so could probably Alan. do uh, many podcasts on Oak Island. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Hey, well, before we move on, I just want to say, like, I listened to um, the other Oak Island podcast you guys did. Yes. Uh, it was re- very fun. Um, who, who was somebody did like a little uh, opening like. Uh, so you, so you will get to hear that on this podcast as well. <laughs> okay. So that's that's okay. me. Yeah, so if you want that for your podcast, I'll send it over to you. <laughs> well, we got one almost just like it. Yeah, I know. Yeah. 
So it's, uh, yeah, I kind of get into doing that stuff. So it's fun. So I'm here with Dwayne Bischoff, Jeff Montag, Ruben Hunt, Dustin White, Peter White, and I'm Alan Stanger. And thank you for joining us on Cross the Line 1524. All right, we're here with Gage Pace from Top Sale Hemp. Gage, what do you got for us today? Right now we got some CBD oil, 500 milligram CBD oil. We have mint and natural flavor. And that is a tincture that goes under your tongue and use it any day you want, anytime you want. I've got bath bombs, CBD bath bombs, or I believe 100 milligrams of CBD in those. And those are really good for when you want to relax, you go to take a bath, you set, drop that in there and it bubbles up and releases the CBD along with other things. I think it smells lavender. So it's got a whole bundle of different stuff inside of it that can be used for relaxation. Um, I have smokable pre-rolls with the wife strain and it was grown here in Indiana organically. Those pre-rolls are really great for before as well, before you go to bed. It helps with relaxation. It's also known to help with muscle and pain, stiffness, and just overall relaxation of the body and well-being. Awesome, so all of your products you, you have are below the point three percent THC, so they're all legal? Yes sir, all of them are legal. Good deal. All good to go. Once again, it's Gage Pace with Top Sale Hemp. You can check his website out at topsalehemp.com. He's a local boy right here from Indiana. Oh, that's right. Another proud sponsor of Cross the Line 1524 is Top Sale Hemp. Go visit him on the web at topsalehemp.com. Uh, I tell you what, we had a great time talking to Deidre and Dustin White. Uh, this is actually part one of a two-part series. Uh, tonight we actually talked uh, Oak Island, one of my favorite topics. Next week you'll get to hear us talking about uh, treasure. Uh, they're they're treasure hunters as well. They've been featured on Expedition Unknown with Josh Gates, uh, and uh, that that's some fun fun things we're talking about then as well. They've got their own podcast on Oak Island. It's called Could It Be an Oak Island Podcast, as well as Facebook pages. Uh, to say the same thing they do facebook trivia uh um it's oak island trivia that they do on facebook and uh look them up if you get a chance uh i tell you what it's been fun uh for Dwayne bischoff reuben hunt jeff montag i'm alan stanger with cross the line 1524